Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pot? Hope everybody had a great Star Wars day and a Revenge of the Fifth. I don't even know if that's an official thing or not, but uh, I'm saying it anyways. Hope you guys had a, had a great May the 4th. And, uh, you know, all those, all those Star Wars toys are out there. What'd you get? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get anything myself. Uh, but, you know, seeing as the situation is not exactly shopping mall time, uh, it's a little more understandable. But anyway, uh, we got another Clone Wars talk for you guys uh, going through 89 through 92. We finally hit season five. And uh, that's 502 through 505. A War on Two Fronts, Front Runners, The Soft Four, Tipping Points. We're going to chat about all these with Diego right here on the Escape Pod. Welcome back. Let's go chat with Diego. Another happy landing. <laughs> oh man, that song grows on you, doesn't it? I, I love it. It's just it's it's a perfect way to start off an episode, right? Whether it be action or you know some political BS or you know like uh, yeah. it's just I love that part of it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so <laughs> this so this was like uh, the kickoff for our season five, which um, uh, you know we're doing this chronologically, so we actually had to skip. 501 and that kind of gets slotted in later on but mm -hmm. um but yeah what did you think of these four episodes just like you know uh before we kind of get into it just overall yeah i i didn't write down uh, a whole lot of stuff in terms of like what really stood out to me but what i did notice is that uh um it, it was it was pretty cool because it's it's basically you know a group of you know vigilantes but what this new kind of king calls a terrorist group when really they just want to they just want their planet to be peaceful again right yeah the rebels yeah yeah so you know the rebels <clears throat> for receiving the training they got from obi-wan anakin and ahsoka in the first episode of this arc i mean it's it's pretty pretty substantial like in terms of how they improve and how they get better because we see their development uh and their fighting style over the course of these four episodes but um by the end of it i mean wow like they're they're really honing in on ahsoka um, I noticed, um, cause Ahsoka, mm -hmm. like she, she was kind of like, at one point she's kind of left to kind of deal with, deal with them. It was kind of like, you know, protect them, but don't fight their war for them sort of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, the council doesn't want to. Yeah. Help guide them in rebellion, but not actually do the work for it, them. Exactly. Sort of the, thing. Yeah. Exactly. The, <clears throat> the Republic doesn't want to be, uh, involved on this one. Uh, for whatever reason, but the um, it's interesting when 
uh, every time they really hone in and do, <clears throat> sorry, an, uh, an episode on Ahsoka, she's really, um, she's really, I, I noticed something different in this episode. Like every episode before is kind of like, yeah, she has unique, uh, you know, good traits from all people who have mentored her. But this, this one, she kind of, she was like, you know, there wasn't, there was no Rex, no clones. It was just her leading again. Mm-hmm. And she did such a good job of it. I, <clears throat> she's really, she's really found a good way to shine when it's her time Yeah, in terms of leadership. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, we, uh, because the first episode, um, which I guess we can get into now, it's called a, a war on two fronts. And uh, in this episode in particular, we did see the whole group of them together. But by the end of that episode, uh, you know, they leave uh, Ahsoka to kind of, uh, I I believe it's the end. I believe it's the end of this episode. But um, they basically kind of leave Ahsoka to do her own thing. uh, And, uh, you know, and Captain Rex is there as well. And he he helps with the initial training of all these rebels. But uh, but yeah, like, like Ahsoka is definitely like a focus of this, of this arc, just in terms of independence and how, what she's capable of. And, uh, we've seen her teach like, well, other people to survive and help them to survive before, like when she was kidnapped by the Trandoshans, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, never have we seen her, uh, lead a rebellion of any kind. Mm-hmm, that's right. So, <clears throat> and yeah. So what was the fortune cookie for this one? Uh, fear is a malleable weapon. Um, All right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, as far as what really ties into that quote for this episode, I didn't really write a whole lot down, um, just because they're they're th- this this whole arc is it, it's got a lot of action, um, mm-hmm. but it's not a whole lot of uh, you know like wow uh, moments, right? You know. Yeah, it's a lot of underlying message about kind of rebellion and and you know what that all means so i guess fear of being a malleable weapon like i mean you know that's it's it's definitely a useful tool for for you know rebels to to uh uh use against kind of their oppressors right like you know the fear of losing control but then it's also uh it's also a thing that that the separatists tend to do in general is when they they lead or sorry when they uh you know, come to a planet and they've got all their joys with them. So they, they tend to rule with fear. Uh, like that's how they do it. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed, uh, that I'm not exactly sure if it relates to the, uh, quote, but, uh, when Obi-Wan and Anakin are discussing the mission plans, uh, I noticed that there was a scene <clears throat> where it kind of cuts to Ahsoka's face and she kind of has this, almost like I, I not worried but kind of she notices their their the way they butt heads um i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's related to how her and uh her her relationship with hannikin but just it was something something that stood out to me about that scene because she sees that they're not they're not i wouldn't say it's an argument but they're kind of clashing because obi-wan is saying um you know uh the the republic shouldn't get involved i mean we're we're just here to teach and then kind of dip and that's it and then anakin says well well you know i mean why why not uh, why not stand up for what's right and all that stuff we don't have to be noticed and this sort of thing and then yep. ahsoka notices it and um <clears throat> she she really kind of 
I don't know. So, something about the look. It, it seems like she's <clears throat> she's really letting that soak in. Um, because later later in this arc, I mean, she's very uh, she she does something that's kind of it's kind of funny. Obi Wan has always been, you know, kind of very by the book and like tells Anakin to do something. He kind of goes against it. And then Anakin's way yeah. of teaching is like, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he, he portrays that over onto Ahsoka and then Ahsoka kind of takes the same approach to this rebellion group. And it's just, it's just funny how it all rolls downhill. Right. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and also just like to, to, add on to what you had to say there about about Anakin Obi-Wan um it is interesting to see that relationship and how she perceives it uh because she takes away what Anakin and what how Anakin would react but she kind of she does it a little less harshly but but they do have this very similar kind of belief on on that they should help people uh who need the help right um uh, and uh, Ahsoka, it's a big part of her character, which, um, you know, to uh, to any of you, those who are further down in the show, you probably know what I'm talking about. But uh, in general, like like um, Ahsoka is a, a big believer of providing help to those who who uh, who do need it. And um, I think in general, like that's just that should just be a you know, one of the main ways that the Jedi operate, but they are so politically involved that uh, even Obi-Wan, like he's, he's a member of the council, even though he, he wants to help because he knows that they, that these rebels need the help and the support. Uh, he is a council member and, you know, he's still got to be the guy to kind of step up to the plate and go, uh, we can't do anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's, it's good that you brought that up because uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, Obi-Wan, he, you can tell, I mean, <clears throat> how many times uh, throughout the show has there been situations where, you know, they, you know, Obi-Wan knows it's the right thing to do, but it's, he just refrains from doing it for, whether yeah, exactly. It be, whether it be political reasons or it's just, you know, it's just not the, not, uh, not what he should do, you know, um, but it, it it's funny <clears throat> how that, that whole politically correct that whole mindset just really um you know i'm not gonna say has blinded the jedi because i don't think that's the right thing to say uh you know they are keepers of the peace they are there to you know not not maintain order so to say but you know to 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 keep the balance you know if if yeah if if you know what i mean like but in terms of you know fighting this war you know all this destruction all the deaths of innocent people of jedi of you know people that they didn't want to to harm but they just they just did because they were in that situation i mean it's Mm -hmm. so it's so against what they're all about right yeah Um, you know their involvement is is not uh it's not it's not really by choice right it's 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 because of the it's because of the you know yeah they're sucked in they're sucked into it you know via the chancellor right because but uh you know that and that that's the whole thing about it like the whole politically corruptness it's so it's so good because a lot of it is very um it's authentic. It's, it's authentic it's backstory. Authentic. Exactly. It's authentic yeah. and it's something that you could totally see happening in real life. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Like this is a big episode because uh, actually first off, um, we got the uh, very uh, first canonical appearance of Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Which uh, which this is actually where the character started. Uh, this episode, you know, the Clone Wars, this particular arc and everything was way, done way before Rogue One was even uh, even in the in the plants. Like this was before Lucas even sold the company. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's cool to see that uh, that you know it's possible for characters to originate in animation form and then uh, and then make their way to a live action film like in in Star Wars now this isn't so impossible anymore and we've seen that happen with a few different things of course if you've seen the Mandalorian you'll know that the dark saber has uh, also you know been in uh, the, the first canonical appearance of uh, of that was also in the clone wars and uh, uh, what else i mean uh, we had uh, uh man i'm blanking uh we had uh, in solo we had uh you know the the follow-up of uh of like the whole darth maul thing right like darth maul pops up in solo and uh there was a bunch of things in solo references to uh to uh the clone wars in uh, little little tidbits here and there but right. um yeah like there's you know it's it's definitely not unheard of so to speak so it is cool to see his trans his transition um, and, uh, you know, and where his roots are because, uh, saw Guerrera being one of these rebels, being one of these rebels who was trained by Anakin Skywalker, ironically enough, you know, surprise, surprise, Darth Vader, uh-huh. who one day will be fighting against these very rebels. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy parallel and, and a really interesting contrast to, you know, what we have later on. Right. Uh, and I think. I think that uh it's very um it's 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 so cool to to see all these characters that you know we see in different places some of them planned some of them may not be but it's you know like for example like uh you know Boba Fett uh and Bosk you know just mm-hmm. uh, just as an example it's it, I one of the things that I really like about the show is that it it takes the characters we already know and further develops their characters beyond six movies. And then it takes characters that we've seen in, you know, traditionally in the movies maybe once or twice or that's it. And then, you know, that was the end of it. And then builds on those characters. So it just adds so much more value. Yeah, totally. To, excuse me, to, to, to everybody. And that's, that's one of the things that I really like about the show. And... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Saw Gerrera was pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a big Rogue One guy uh, or anything Disney related, but I mean, you know, that scene. Uh, I've said it once; I'll say it a million times. I mean, that scene is just uh, oh, it it makes my hair stand up every time. Just just every time I watch it, it's just I I, I can't help but grin. You know, um, <laughs> as you can see the Vader poster in my room. But uh, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I can't, uh, I can't not love it, right? It's just, uh, yeah, it's just genius, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it, Star Wars is Star Wars under the direction uh, of Lucas is just, it, it's, it just feels so organic, you know. That's what I. Oh love yeah, about. yeah. Well, yeah. that's where it started, and I mean, yeah. that's where it's always going to feel the most natural, right? Exactly. Uh, there's no, there's literally no one on the planet that it's in better hands uh, other than the guy who made it. Exactly, exactly. And sadly, you know, he's at a, he's a, at a point in his life where he's sold, you know, literally his children, and then 
uh, you know, he's, it's sad because he can't do anything about it because, uh, you know, have you seen some of the interviews with some of the people? I haven't seen a whole lot with Lucas. I've seen, actually, I've I've seen a couple with you in regards to the new movies and stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. How he's talking about, he has the whole like girlfriend discussion about, uh, you know, when you break up. Yeah. It's like a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He, he, he goes about that. But uh, you know, I remember one that really stuck out to me and that was like, wow, that's, if that doesn't tell you there's you know, like for example, um, uh, uh, Mark Hamill, right? He had this one episode just after the release of uh, of um, uh, what's it called, The Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. uh, the reporter was like, uh, you know, Mark Hamill, you know, you're Luke Skywalker, you're, you know, the original, and like, how, how, what are your thoughts on the on the on the latest Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi? And there's like a awkward pause for like a second, and he's like, well, it's the longest one. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, yeah. that that <laughs> says it all. Like you know, like I mean, it, it, if you have freaking Luke Skywalker, just you know, summing up what Disney's done uh, in in you know such a little sentence, it just. I mean, what else do you need, right? But- it's funny, like, uh, it's funny. There's there's so many people out there just like have so much to say about how how different this trilogy has been in terms of uh you know story direction and just how wrong it feels right uh, but yeah i mean you know that's a conversation for a whole nother time i guess but <laughs> okay so well, it um, is star wars day so it is relevant. it is star wars day well we can talk about it uh, let's just get through this clone wars yeah uh, for the time being, so so Ahsoka kind of is is in a bit of a love triangle in this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we see we see the return of Lux Bonteri, and uh, she's obviously, you know, she's kissed Lux Bonteri in the previous episode that we saw uh-huh. uh, when he had to deal with the Death Watch and she saved his life and everything like that. Um, and uh, you know, a, a, but then there's like Stila. So Stila saw Guerrera's sister, Stila Guerrera. She's uh, an interesting character because she, uh, her character arc is actually pretty cool. Like you see her grow into this like really uh, influential leader amongst the the, Re- the rebels and later uh, the actual the planet itself. Um, and uh, a big story hook for Saw Gerrera and his attitude towards, uh, you know, uh, I guess being uh, being a little more extreme uh with his tactics to get the job done uh you know so so this particular love triangle between uh between Stila and Lux Bonteri and Ahsoka kind of kind of was lingering in the background throughout the whole episode and I think it was just a very subtle lesson for Ahsoka to learn as far as like what it means to uh keep her focus on her purpose rather than her feelings and uh, it was an extremely hypocritical thing of Anakin to kind of point out to her, you know, mindly. He does it gently, but but he's definitely not the guy to take his own advice. Yeah, uh, and that goes back to the whole, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And I found it it's yeah. good that you brought that up because <clears throat> wasn't it funny how in that one part of the episode he says, "Are you losing focus, Snips?" And it's just like yeah. it's like, dude, you you cannot 
Like, how long? It's like, dude, you got a wife. I know. Like, you cannot. You're, you're like the last person who has the right to say that, right? Like, yeah, I know, right? It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, again, like, I think it's, it, it, this all goes because Anakin has genuine care for, for Ahsoka, right? So, this all goes back to his own uh, wisdom, I think it's safe to say. Uh, that he knows that that um, he's got himself into this situation that that uh, he doesn't want Ahsoka in. Now that being said, like it's not like he would ever take that life back with Padme. No way. Um, but he knows that uh, in order for her to be the best Jedi that he can train her to be, he he knows that that uh, she's got to keep focus on her. Uh, on her mission over her own feelings uh-huh. and uh, he knows from personal experience that when he lets his feelings get in the way sometimes it can cause problems yeah and it's it, it's it's funny because um obi-wan although i guess i think it's pretty safe to assume that obi-wan sees the relationship between anakin and padme on various occasions but probably doesn't go as far as calling him out on it or something. Um, yeah. But interesting enough, at the end of episode three, uh, you know, he, or not the end, but in episode three, uh, he says, is Anakin the father? Uh, and then he says, I'm so sorry. And, you know. Oh, Anakin is the father, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He knows, he knows, he knows that it's him. He knows and, it. And actually, like, okay, that's something that, that later on in the show, in the Clone Wars, will come to kind of realize that he suspects this more and more. Right. right. So, yeah, so you're not, you're not far off there when it comes to that particular moment. Um that's actually a bit of a buildup in in season in season seven, I believe. Like there's a bit of a buildup when it comes to that that uh, suspicion of his. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, because there's no way. Like Obi Wan's not a dumb guy by any means, and like he's he's seen them since you know his 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 pod race, right? Uh, yeah, he's seen him grow. He's seen him have that connection. <laughs> he's told him in episode two, you know, like mind your feelings and all this sort of thing. And he's told him, you know, like this is, you know, Jedi don't have the time to be, you know, uh, involving feelings and all that stuff. But, you know, like you said, it is super hypocritical of Anakin to say, uh, you know, like, uh, are you losing focus or, you know, because he he sees it. Like, you know, he's not dumb, but it's uh, it's funny because Anakin's the type of character that, uh, you know, like be that as it may, he may be, a little bit hypocritical in that area. I mean, mm-hmm. when he says something, he he does back it up, and that's what I love yeah. about Anakin. Like, yeah, he does. You know, yeah, he, he he does. He 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 does have arrogance. He is cocky, but I mean, he 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 really does back it up. Like he's yeah. You know, it, it's one thing to say, you know, oh, I'm the best fighter pilot in the galaxy, and you get shot down, right? But you know, yeah. every battle, you're you're always so creative. You always take a, an enemy ship down from within, right, or something like that. Uh, yeah. And you know, Anakin does that all the time. So, you know, he's uh, it's, as it's much as it may thing, piss uh, someone off, it, it's 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 excusable, you know. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And and even though he's the guy to get let his own feelings get in the way, he has this underlying deeper. Un- wisdom that that's not the right decision to make because because when padme 
in Attack of the Clones when Padme falls out of the gunship uh, on Geonosis. And he's like, Padme! And then and then uh, Kenobi is like, Anakin, like, don't let your feelings get in the way. Uh-huh. You know, like, and, and uh, he's like, uh, we have to, we have to go back for, you know, like stop the ship. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, she, and, and then Obi-Wan is just like, just think about it. Like, what would she do if you were, if she was in your position? Yeah. And then Anakin says she would do her duty and then they carry on. And so like, he knows that what the right decision is. He knows that the best decision is to keep the focus on the mission. And uh, at at one point in the Clone Wars, he actually did say to Padme that uh, you know du- uh, duty comes first, especially in wartime. So yeah. yeah, he does have this new, well, at least this existing found wisdom that he is able to teach uh, Ahsoka, and he does have the best. Uh, he does have this incredible ability to pass on what he's learned. Uh, following his own advice, on the other hand, not always the case. Exactly. So, anyway, let's move on to, to the second episode in the arc because we're uh, we're lingering here. Um, front runners. This is our next uh, episode in the arc. So, what's the what's the co- cookie for this one? So, to seek something is to believe in its possibility, um, and I find that yeah. this one is again this quote. I I would say it's a lot more relative, particular to the next. Uh, the next three episodes, um, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, it's, it's an arc where, uh, you know, we see political corruption as usual, you know, we see separatist involvement. Um, and, you know, we have, we have a king who's li- quite literally robbed of his throne by some schmuck who, you know, I yeah. don't even know who he is, <laughs> quite frankly, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and so he steals the king's throne and then the, jails the, the king. And, like, it's it's treason. And then, you know, the, the people of this planet, they're, they're uh, of uh, 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 Adiron. Not, Ald- mm-hmm. not Alderaan, but Alderaan. Alderaan, Alderaan. That's right. Yeah. So the people of Alderaan, um, uh, you know, they. It, it almost seems like it goes under their under their noses, and they're they're you know they're tied up because look at all the droids with blasters. Like we're we're outnumbered. We can't do anything. We're just we're just regular yeah. city folk, right? Yeah, they they're giving in to whatever uh, government has uh, you know has a rule over them, basically. Yeah, and and this dictatorship. I mean, obviously, no one likes it, right? But they just follow suit because it's like, hey, there's a, <laughs> look at how many droidicas are right in front of me. They could kill me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Saul Guerrero has an interesting quote about that. He said, uh, "The separatists took over Onderon because we let them." Yeah, uh, not necessarily because uh, you know because they fought and lost a battle before or anything like that. Like, like he says, the the separatists took our planet from us because we let them. Like, yeah. and uh, yeah, like it's it's true. Like they they never Onderon never picked a side in the Clone War. And then it was too late. It was chosen for them. The separatists came and knocked on their door and, well, knocked it down pretty much and just, you know, kicked their king off his chair and sat a new guy down. Uh, but uh, we see in this episode, we see the the growing rebellion. What started off as a, a few ragtag dudes in the forest, uh, you know, they're now actually pulling off some pretty cool jobs like around the city. Um, the city of ISIS, and uh, they're actually doing some pretty effective work. 
Yeah, um, and that's that's a super good point because we see them grow progressively throughout the four episodes, right? Yeah, and um, you know, it's so it's cool because you know if we if we look at it just kind of in a IRL kind of point of view, it's like, oh, it's just the next episode. It's, it could be the next day, but it's probably by release date. So maybe a week later, you know, because every week they'd put out an episode or whatever they did back when this was yeah. originally airing. But, um, you know, it, it, it was it, it's cool to see their growth in such a short amount of time. Uh, and one thing that that was kind of cool that I I can't really recall ever seeing um but anyways um there's this one scene where uh they're all it's nighttime and ahsoka and the rebellion they are kind of like in the hiding on rooftops in the gutters behind walls in the city right and they're just seeing droids patrol um and they um go to you know, take them down, of course. But before they do that, there was one one interesting scene where um, Saw Gerrera pulls off a, a B1's head. He sees the the B1 acknowledges him. They both see each other, and he just pulls off his head, right um, from behind, kind of thing. Uh, as the as this little squad of uh, B1s kind of go by, pulls off his head and then plugs into it and gathers intel off of it and that was mm-hmm. really cool i like that um it, it's kind of like a you know like a it reminds like me a, of uh know. of the that one of the i think it was the first or second clone wars episode in the entire series i think it was the second one maybe um and uh, rex like yanks the head off that uh that smart you know the the strategy droid or whatever and uh, they're able to figure out that it was uh, an inside job that that basically led the separatists to gain the intel on the on where the clones were hiding out in those two buildings on Christophysis. Oh yeah, something yeah, very similar. Right. Yeah, we, we don't always yeah. see it, but it's yeah, it's a kind of a it is kind of interesting because the technology is like this almost like this droid mind reading thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they can gather any sort of memory that's you know logged on onto their uh motherboard i guess um yeah but you know the 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 p1s man i mean i i love them so much but they're so dumb i mean they're just they're, so they're mass dumb. produced they're made out of spare parts uh you know there's just no uh no brains to them whatsoever but on the same token there's different calibers of droids of course right and they actually, I can't remember, I think it's the next episode where they bring in, uh, you know, they step up, right? Because the king is like, he talks to Dooku at one point and he says, you know, they're 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 embarrassing us pretty much. You know, it's just a ragtag, you know, rebellion little squadron that's kind of destroying all of our fleet. We need better droids. And, and he says, you know, I'm quite disappointed. Uh, but he sends, <clears throat> he does, he does uh, fulfill his promise, and he does send in better droids. And those better droids, like it's, it's like night and day. I mean, they're they, yeah. it's still, you know, towards a the Jedi, they're they're nothing, right? But but still, like just the the agility and just B ones, they all walk very robotically. You know, they are they're all in teams. But those those yeah. other droids, I mean, they they're they're very they're very rogue, and they they move, and they're yeah, they're they're awesome. So quite yeah. quite the difference in in the caliber of droids that we see. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, uh, there's there's kind of an interesting. Well, I, I caught it in the last one too when Anakin says uh, "impressive," "most impressive," a very Vader line. But yeah. in this episode, we had Stila have a very similar moment with Ahsoka when she reveals that Saw Gerrera is her brother, uh-huh. and uh, you know, because at first, like. Lux looks over at Stila in, you know, in the, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. It's like love triangle, quadruple, the, you know, love box. I don't know what, what, what the term is because now, now they're throwing Sagarera into the mix, but then five seconds later, it's revealed that he's actually uh, her, her brother. And, and, you know, <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. Like so many little kind of like, Hey, that was in the original trilogy and mm-hmm. Hey, so was that. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really have too much for this one other than the fact that uh, we saw the, the, the growing rebellion and, uh, and we, we got to see like the actual, the real King, like the real guy. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, uh, the, yeah. Same thing for me. So the next one on our list is called the soft war mm-hmm. and the uh, fortune cookie for this one is uh struggles often begin and end with the truth and uh, that's that's a that quote i think uh ties into so much in star wars um you know Mm -hmm. there's there's so many there's so many scenarios i mean let's just say um uh whoa okay what was the name of what was the name of the arc where um that Jedi kind of betrays everyone and goes berserk and he kills everyone. I forget the name of the guy. I have his name here. So, um, Oh, uh, Krell. Krell. Yeah. So general General Krell. Krell. Yeah. So, you know, the, you know, just as an example, jumping back to that episode and rewinding a little bit here, but struggles often begin and end with the truth. So they struggle, you know, they're, they're having a, a war that kind of turns internally on themselves and they're, they end up, you know, killing themselves and people have suspicions of of how a certain individual acts but it you know it begins with struggles and it ends with the struggles um but it all comes out with the truth um and there's just so many times that that can be applied in star wars um you know i think i think one good quote that i that uh (laughs) <laughs> that I noticed from this one was uh, Anakin at one point, he says to Ahsoka, he says, purpose comes before feelings. Uh, and he says that to Ahsoka. And, you know, we already said, you know, he's the last guy to saying that. But again, I mean, purpose comes before feelings. But if you think about it, if purpose comes before feelings, then, you know, why did he pick up the emperor and toss him down that shaft, Right. Because he had feelings, right? So again, he says these things, yeah. but his lack of integrity there is just—it's—it's it's so consistent. I think, like, I think, like you in know? that particular moment, though, um, you know, he's realized that because, like, I think the whole thing about the the feelings, feelings last, duty first, sort of thing, is uh, is is a very like Jedi code mentality, right? So in mm-hmm. some situations. In some situations, it's applicable, but then not every single situation, right? And I think what the Jedi, where the Jedi's failure comes in, in terms of like their code, is that they always uh, have this thing about never, ever, ever giving into their feelings. When in, in actual fact, their feelings is what make them, uh, you know, 
human, right? Like their 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 uh, their feelings is what gives them compassion. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a Jedi a Jedi's failure to not give into their feelings in some scenarios, right? It was only it was only Vader's feelings and his love for his son that actually saved him. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's almost like disproving like the fact that you know it's almost proving that the Jedi were wrong about some, about a lot of things and, and they are. And, and that's basically what the whole prequel trilogy is about is just like how, how the Jedi were just constantly failing uh, to live up to what they stood to be. Exactly. Like they, they mean well, they really do, but they're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just lost. They they've just, lost their way. They've just lost their way. Exactly. That's like the best. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but in in this episode, I mean the what I what I noticed is that uh, what was kind of cool is uh, the rescue of the of the original king. It backfires on Saw Gerrera because of this one way shield in his cell, um, and you know even even though he's caught and he's being shocked by these droids, they they don't they don't leak. Right, you know they're so loyal, and they they want they they will literally go to the bone, and they will die to to yep. to bring peace um, to them. And it, it it's so funny how so many so many races, so many alien species, so many uh, different races, uh, they they find that you know the whether they're on the Republic or they're with the Republic or they're with the Separatists. It's always so funny how. A lot of times, someone may be with the separatists, and they may change after that because they they see that, uh, you know, the republic really does mean well. And that's actually a quote that I want to bring up for the last episode, but I'm going to save that because um, that's a really important yeah, sure. one. I think the the quote the quote that I will say for the last one is probably the most important one of the whole uh, arc. But um, I'm going to save that one. Uh, I and, thought and, you I know, thought this it was. One, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I was just I was just gonna say that uh, you know, and and on this one, Ahsoka's kind of she's kind of left on her own, like um, yeah, yeah, to kind of yeah. This one, she's got her full yeah. independence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally. Uh, yeah, what I was gonna mention was uh, like the king knew that, like he knew he knew that both governments were have have corrupt aspects about them, right? Which is why he never chose to take sides with the Republic or the Separatists. He didn't want to get caught up in it. But like many, many, many other planets, and and that we've seen, it's almost a, it's almost like a broken record at this point uh-huh. in the show, where where we've seen uh, neutral planets being sucked into the Clone Wars, because the galaxy is 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 a big place, but uh, but it's also a very small place as far as you know how big this his wars actually reached. Like there's almost no escape, right? Exactly. So. Yeah, so Onderon has been sucked into the war, and having chosen neither side, uh, you know, it's it's almost uh, its own failure, and and he's basically, you know, the the door was kicked down by the Seppies, and and you know, they, and you know, that's it. So um, it was interesting to me though that even though he does like the king, the original king, does have this like feeling about the Republic being corrupt and the Separatists being corrupt and all that. When Saul Guerrero mentions to him that the Jedi have been assisting them, he actually like he acts all surprised and he's like filled with hope all of a sudden, uh-huh. right? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like this guy doesn't actually fully yet associate the Jedi's failure with with the Republic 
at the, at like with the corrupt republic, right? Like they're not really uh, to the, to this guy at least. Um, he's old enough to remember the Jedi at least for being a slightly different than what they are right now in the war, and uh, he he probably remember remembers them more as peacekeepers than anything else. All right, like the Qui Gon Jinn days. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting, his reaction. I was like, oh, wow, this guy believes in the Jedi. This guy still has hope that the Jedi are a light in the galaxy that uh, that is a force for good. Yeah, and on the, but on the same token, like, uh, you know, Lux, for example, uh, up until this last episode in this arc, of course, you know, he's, he's you know, he was a separatist. Uh, once mm-hmm. upon a time, and but he still was so adamant on not wanting anything to do with the Republic. And there's yeah. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of casualties, uh, you know, because of the Republic. And again, you know, they they really mean all the best uh, in this war. But because of the war, I mean, it, so many, you know, neutral um, um, uh, planets and systems they get sucked into it when quite frankly i mean they have no business in this war i mean they're they're not on the separatist side and they're not with the republic either so they just they just want to stay out of it but you know the, it's sad because like you said it, it's it's such a big place but it's so small at the same time because of the, the yeah. you know at this stage in the war it's it's you know full effect and it has been right i mean it's it's just insane because you know every everyone's being affected by it um and I think that uh, it, it's cool because all of this ties in kind of into, you know, episode three, of course. And then look at look at kind of the, the, the ways of everything after that. I mean, what do we have? The Empire. I mean, the Empire is everything, right? You, yeah. you do not go against the Empire. It's like the Empire's way or the highway and like quite literally they'll kill you for no reason, right? Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's so crazy to see, um, how this show has really developed the concept of, um, you know, I think that even at this stage and without finishing the show in its entirety, I think for me, it's really kind of put a new, a new way of looking at the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to view them with certain, you know, thoughts and opinions that I've always had, but this show is, is really opening uh, another kind of point of view, especially out of all the movies, especially episode three. I mean, but I could, I can already tell you by the end of this show, when I watch episode three again, it's going to totally flip it for me. Oh yeah. You know, it is, it is by the end of this show, revenge of the Sith is going to be perceived through a full different lens. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, it is at this point, it's a tragedy, but it's there's going to be a lot more of why, you know, that's that's, you know, it's going to it's 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 really going to change it for me. So um, it'll be like a first time watching it again, which is almost totally. like the best. It's almost like the greatest gift of all, because yeah. like that's our favorite movie. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, the just the action and, you know, the it's the, the most Star Wars out of all the Star Wars films. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> 
the originals are so great. They don't get me wrong, but like the you know just episode three, like it, it was the grand finale, right? It tied. Yeah. It was the movie that tied the whole saga together, right? Uh, it is. And, it is. And then you know it, it's also written and directed by George Lucas, which is very and, important. Which yeah. is an extremely and crucial. Yeah, I mean, like yes, the 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 other two prequels were as well. Yes, A New Hope was as well. Yeah. But I mean, like this movie is the movie to to end his story uh-huh. uh, at least like when he when George was running the show right like uh-huh. this is the one that the circle is complete I, I remember the the DVD advertisements yeah. saying you know when when uh, episode three came out it was uh, the circle is now complete yeah and uh, yeah like it was it's an it's, it's one of the most important movies in the saga um, it's uh, it's also a revolutionizing film you know with every aspect behind the scenes as well. But it also just feels the most Star Wars to me. Like whenever I watch this, like we get we get those those uh those lovable moments with with R2 and and uh you know we have 3PO in there. It, it's not as big as as previous films, but uh but he, you know he's he's there and he's got some some good scenes like you know, we we get like the amazing uh, lightsaber duels between uh, different different characters, but then we also have a very personal duel between some of these characters as well, and we have uh, the complete demolition of this republic that turns into this empire and the creation of Darth Vader and all these different things, and the music is just so good. It's like some of the best in the entire series, uh-huh. and. It's like, man, like this is such a great movie. Like, like there's no way that any other Star Wars film will ever surpass it, in in my own opinion. I agree. I mean, like, pound. Uh, I'm not going to say pound for pound, but uh, in terms of the music department, all movies are great. Okay, they're they're all fantastic. You know, the 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 originals, they're very, you know, they're they're emotional. They're they're very, you know, like. Uh, well orchestrated same with the sequels of course or sorry prequels um but you know the the originals they have that um, what i like about the the originals is they they got that emotion you know they 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 story tell a lot and and the action is still there but it's not as uh i wouldn't say it's as profound as the as the prequels and the music i mean in the dual Mm -hmm. scenes when when we hear (laughs) <laughs> when we hear duel of the fates for the first time i mean like that's like that's it, it's so good i mean but again that is so relevant to that timeline of the of the saga because you can't really put duel of the fates when you know we have vader and luke dueling for the first time it doesn't it doesn't fit right it, you know that's why we hear mm-hmm. you know the imperial march for example when uh uh you know he's in he's on that hangar and then he goes looking for vader he's got his lightsaber out he doesn't see him and then vader pops out of nowhere right and then you know moves his saber down and force pushes those objects towards him and he's like you can't even cut him in half for god's sake like what's wrong with you right but uh, but uh you know like the the music choices like they're so well suited what we have for the originals fits and what was in the prequels fits you know yeah and it, it yeah was, definitely the yeah. prequels are very operatic and very uh very shakespearean feeling when mm-hmm. you watch them yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And and most Shakespeare characters are tragedies, right? Yeah. So um yeah, like Anakin Skywalker is a tragic is a a tragic story. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got the last episode in the arc. Yeah. Tipping points. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, uh Easter or was what's the cookie for this one? Um Oh yeah, tip, tipping point. So, um, uh, d- disobedience is a demand for change, um, and mm, yeah, that's, very well encompassing. Very well encompassing because, like, the people of Onderon have been oppressed so much that uh, that they are just you know disobeying to to make changes around there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're rebelling against like what they don't like. Exactly. I mean, they, they've had enough. They're tired of being, you know, demanded to do things that they don't want to do, right? Yeah. And they, they just, they need the change. So they have to take it into their own account, right? And and put matters into their own hands and, and do it that way. Um, yeah, so um, the ships from Kashyyyk in episode three, the ones with the eyes, um, that was that, that was pretty cool to see those. Um, I, I, yeah. I like that a lot of... A lot of more familiar ships from episode three, whether it be droid ships, whatever. Uh, it's cool that we start to see them uh, more frequently, um, but it's also cool to see kind of kind of the same ships that we saw in episode two, like when they're, you know, they're in they're just after the battle on Geonosis, for example, uh, and they're on their way to see Dooku or whatever. Just for example, um, it's cool to see a lot of you know older ships come, you know. In the in the in the current stage of the war that we're at right now, and more towards the beginning of the show, but it's yeah. also cool to see a lot more of uh, episode three stuff come in and kind of be developed and, yeah. and built, and you know, it's yeah, you see yeah. like where they kind of originated and as far as like making appearances go and stuff like that. Yeah, and how they uh, progress forward. I I, I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Also, the different uses that they have too, because like. We saw a lot more screen time with these things, other than them just flying by on Kashyyyk, right? And it's like, oh, these these like, you know, separatist dropship assault craft things. They're actually like not only are they droids, kind of like assault, kind of like vulture droids or tri fighter droids. Mm-hmm. They're all like they're all droids that are basically just ships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it, they're really good for like navigating around densely thick like mountain terrain, right? Uh, it almost reminds me of like the the Batman Returns bat bat uh, wing vehicle, you know, mm-hmm. like the yeah. one that's specifically designed for like flying between buildings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of reminds me of that. So like the design scheme of of like this particular craft is like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, we we saw Steela promoted to general in this in this episode, which is a big moment for her because uh, you know it's it's kind of a given that. Uh, couple characters say it that steel is a born leader mm-hmm. so there's all this emphasis on her kind of being like the the planet's hope for a brighter future yeah um yeah i think that uh, she throughout the the arc um obviously you guys know what happens to her but you know she's she's uh in a short time she really displayed how she just naturally all that that leadership and that you know when it's time to step up, like she, it really comes to her just naturally. Like it didn't feel like, you know, in a rush or, you know, like, uh, it's like, Oh, I got to step up now. No, it just, it's just like, okay, let's do this, you know, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, one one thing, I guess the first thing that was kind of interesting to me about this is that um, Anakin and Obi-Wan's discussion of sending in reinforcements, right? Uh, and then, you know, they have mm-hmm. that whole thing where Obi-Wan is like, look, I'm on your side. I want to help, but it's it's not in our favor, you know, uh, all that politically correct yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. He, he, yeah, exactly. Unlike Anakin, who would just defy the the council and do, and and do what he feels is right mm-hmm. very much like Qui-Gon would do uh Obi-Wan is not that guy right and and uh, and in the Phantom Menace we saw that and Obi-Wan's resistance to Qui-Gon's ways and he says you know like if you do as the council would say you you would you know you would be on the or if you if you uh, followed the if you just followed the code you would be on the council mm-hmm. right uh is what he says to his master and it's like uh you know, he kind of tries to put Qui Gon in his place, and then Obi Wan, well, Qui Gon just fires right back and and shuts him down, kind of thing, right? Right. Um, but yeah, like like we see a lot of Qui Gon in Anakin in a way, um, and uh, Anakin just wants to help. He's all too eager to get in there and help, and and because uh, he knows he can, but but. Obi-Wan is the guy that again he's got to be the guy that says no we can't we can't do anything about this 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 isn't our problem we can't get involved mm-hmm. so you know Anakin is kind of like faced with this uh choice of of saying like okay well what if we get a third party to help us out here like they can deliver supplies to to uh, our friends on Onderon without uh, making it look like it's us right mm-hmm. So that's what this is where one of my favorite moments in the arc comes in. He goes to Hondo for help and hires him, hires the pirate to uh, to deliver the the rocket launchers to the the rebels on Onderon, which is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And and but you know it's funny because Hondo called him out on it, and he's like, "Oh, why why, yeah. why would the Jedi want to do something illegally, right?" And then, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. So you know, Hondo, Hondo, much like Cad Bane, you know, it's like the price is right, the money's green. Why not, right? So you know, um, you know, and you know, both those guys, they're 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 not the greatest of guys, but you know, if uh, you know, if you swing them a couple bucks, they'll they'll help you out, and they do exactly that. So Hondo, Hondo delivers rockets to the team, and you know they're heat seeking and whatever else, and they take down those ships that we see on Kashyyyk, um, because you know they be at before Hondo comes in, you know they're firing at them, and you know their ratios like they're not even they're little puny blasters, they're doing nothing and not even touching them. So they get these rockets right from uh, Hondo, and they test them out, and you know quite quickly they find out their effectiveness. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was so funny because. It, the the guy uh, I think it was I think it was Saw Gerrera. I think he took down the first one and he's like oh wow I really like this I really like yeah. these things yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's cool um, Ahsoka g- finally gives up her feelings for Lux in this episode mm-hmm. like you know like she she lets him go in a way because Stila kind of like has that moment with him and then she she kind of like friendly punches him on the shoulder it's like okay yeah that's all over that's all over which is yeah. which is kind of like healthy for her character to kind of understand the concept of doing that uh Anakin wouldn't be that guy you know he no. <laughs> as we know just gives into his feelings all the time mm-hmm. but um so a big moment for this episode is Stila's death very sacrificial kind of death, uh, accidental as well. Mm-hmm. 
um, and uh, very like big moment for this arc because like I don't think you saw it coming, did you? Um, no, you know what? I honestly, I I, I kind of did, and I'll tell you why. Because from the get go, uh, like I saw her, and I was like, wow, she has a she has a lot of determination, and just think seeing uh, other events in the show, it was leading me to believe. I was like, I bet she's gonna die. And, you know, like, because yeah. she's, she's the leader of the clan, you know, and she, she's wants to, she means all, she means well. And, you know, she gets, she, she literally gets taken down by a fluke and so many unfortunate deaths in this show are by a fluke. A lot of them are on purpose. Totally. But you know, yeah. ones that really suck are totally by a fluke. Right. Um, you know, and hers was just that. So they're on a cliff and, you know, uh, <laughs> the the original king is running away from these droids and and she's quite the shot right so she guns both of them down at the last second saves the king yep. and then where they're standing kind of cracks and the cliff is about to that edge of the cliff is about to fall down um and you know she pushes the old king out of the way so he's safe and then she's kind of hanging down there <clears throat> and then lux goes to save her uh he kind of fumbles and then ahsoka saves him and then goes to save um uh, um, uh, what's her nuts? And then the ship that they had just shot down, that just nearly took everyone's heads off. You know, one of the blasters in the background kind of shoots Ahsoka in the shoulder while she's kind of force pulling uh, her back up, and yep. then she dies, and it's by a fluke. And ju- you know, typical Star Wars. It's like they they get shot and they wait you know for for forever until they get back up when in reality i don't know like you know you'd probably knowing these jedi they'd want to you know save them as as uh as quickly as yeah. possible but just just in the nick of time she gets up you're, and you're, she's already gone right do you remember that jedi who died in that episode called uh supply lines uh it was it was back in uh oh man i think it was it was one of the one of the first episodes but it was like or one of the earlier episodes, at least, but it was when uh, it was when that clone trooper commander and the Jedi, the Nikto Jedi with the blue lightsaber, was on Ryloth, uh-huh. and uh, they were fighting against all those droids who were like surrounding them, and and uh, and and they kept on getting shot over and over and over again, and like they just kept going, kept fighting until like they were just down, right? Uh-huh. And I always think of that and go like, oh wow, like those are some top-notch like dudes right there <laughs> like, yeah. like they're just holding on yeah. to the very last second yeah and uh i think this canon though i mean ahsoka's not exactly the beefiest you know girl right. but um so but like she's quite nimble but also this was like a cannon from like a ship uh-huh. like i'm surprised that it didn't blow her arm off <laughs> totally right yeah but you know it wasn't the main cannon it was like the little side piece right um but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, even then, what I did notice, though, with her death, now that I remember, is that at the end of the episode, you know, uh, Ahsoka says to Saw Gerrera, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And kind of the look on Saw Gerrera's face, he's like, um, it's okay, but we're past that now, so let's move on kind of thing. And I was like... Yeah, he doesn't deal with emotions very well. Yeah, like he... I think that, you know, the way he said that probably puts Ahsoka maybe perhaps made her feel that you know like i you know 
I hope he doesn't think I did it right. But you know, mm-hmm. he's, he definitely comes yeah. off as that guy who's very kind of reserved and lets everything build up and he just doesn't really express his emotion that well. Yeah. And, and from later on, of course, like we know him to be kind of a negative guy. Yeah. Uh, like, in you know, in Rogue One and stuff like that, he's not exactly the happiest dude and he's quite not your typical rebel. Like when you meet him, he's, he's quite, uh, the opposite. In fact, like he's almost, he's almost like an anti-hero in, in, in a way, like mm-hmm. he's not really a good guy. And when he performs rebellious acts against the empire, like he doesn't really care if innocent people are, are caught in the crossfire. Yeah. So his, his partisans are, are, are you know, his crew. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, you kind of see it like elements of that origin, like in this episode as well, when uh when they're talking about taking the war to the enemy and he says we need to go right to the city we need to take the city back and everyone else is like but then people will get caught in the crossfire like we can't allow that mm-hmm. and he's like well this is war like like this is go- you know we got to do this like it's war like uh, like we shouldn't we shouldn't care about that right and and his sister is like, no, no, Steela's got the more cool head. And she's like, no, we have to keep them outside the city so the people aren't affected. Um, but Saw Gerrera being the extremist guy he is, which is why Mon Mothma and the Rebellion like don't really want anything to do with him, is because like this guy is pretty sketchy in terms of like what he does to uh to rebel. Like he he's a he's a rebel with his heart in the right place, but his tactics are too extreme and too dangerous to actually be called a good guy. That's right. Um, but it's a different, again, almost, uh, I wouldn't say 180 on his character, but uh, very different uh, how he you know, conducts his business. Cause we see this, this arc, you know, he's, he's one of the leaders, you know, he's, he's got heart and he does everything for the right cause. And then, you know, like you said, he's, he's very different. Um, still, still like his heart is still in the right place, but like how he goes about things is a lot different in Rogue One. Um, so very good catch yep. with that, but, um, that's pretty much everything I have except, uh, one last thing. Um, so Ahsoka and Lux's conversation about the Republic, um, and mm-hmm. you know, Lux, Lux even says, um, you know, I, I wasn't with, uh, I was a separatist and I wasn't with the Republic at one point in time, but now I see that they really mean well along those lines. Right. Um, yep. and it was, it was funny because that was, that was a character. I mean, Lux, Lux for me so far is a character that every time we've seen him, he's always been against the Republic. And it's it's quite blatantly yeah. obvious that they're the ones who are trying to save him, right? Uh, you know, the first time we meet him, it's kind of like, oh, well, my mother's dead. Like, you know, uh, I, I don't like you guys. Then the second mm-hmm. time we see him, you know, like Ahsoka actually saves his grill, right? And then the third time he's like, you know what? All right. Yeah, you guys are you guys are all right kind of thing yeah he's gone from this transition of like going from a separatist guy to this guy who doesn't want anything to do with either mm-hmm. because he knows that the the, the republic is corrupt mm-hmm. and he and he's not wrong about that i mean like oh. the, the republic is is under the influence of darth sidious right like there's nothing worse than that um the only thing that's worse than that is the is the separatist lines which is under the influence of count dooku <laughs> so i mean either way there's there's no winning in this game right yeah and uh and at first he is a separatist and and then now he doesn't like the 
now he doesn't like the the confederacy so so uh what's the other option well there's the republic but the republic's corrupt i don't want to do that either right but the jedi work for the republic so that's why he's always faced with this dilemma of like ahsoka kind of getting in his face about it because ahsoka doesn't really even though she sees corruption now and like she's she have all the characters in the show like we've had you know, we had that whole uh, arc on Mandalore with her teaching those students about corruption. Right. So, like, you know, she understands corruption very well. But um, but I don't think she sees the whole depth of actually how far it goes down the Republic because nobody does. Um, and, and and Lux's skepticism is still getting the better of him. But, uh, but because no one sees that far down, like nobody knows that Sidious is running the show. Um, you know, he's finally able to see that, like, even though the Republic has its flaws, the Jedi mean mean well, and they are a part of the Republic. So, you know, it's it's it, for Lux, he's thinking probably it's the faith in my friend Ahsoka and uh, the effort that they've gone through to help me reclaim my homeworld. And not only that, but she saved my life a couple times, and uh, and they seem like truly good people. So I'm gonna. I'm going to do what I can to bring Onderon back to the Republic. Um, that's his. Pro- that's probably I would say is like his thought process. Right. Um, yeah, and you know it's it it, it just sucks in, at this at this point in the timeline because you know until Episode Six, right? Um, you know, Palpatine. He's he's the master behind everything. He's the puppeteer, right? He's got his hands on both sides of the war, and you know, even with him not necessarily knowing every single little detail about everything, I mean, at the end of the day, he finds out about it, or he just senses it, or he just he just knows, right? He's just one yeah. of those guys who knows. And then, you know, it's it, I always find it so funny with all the casualties, uh, you know, and every time they get attached to, I wouldn't say, well, not necessarily attached, but every time they come into contact with someone new or someone that they've already dealt with and they keep dealing with them on a on a you know continuing basis i mean it's so crazy to me that they always um they they run into a lot of the same people right and they they don't really see the whole picture of the war they don't they're all they're they're so blind at this point they're they're so focused on the war and you know trying to establish peace again but i mean in in this corrupt war i mean they're they're not exactly bringing peace in the, in the big scheme of things. I mean, the whole war was a waste, right? I mean, it just, Oh yeah. It's a whole waste of time. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big trick. It's a big trick. It's a big deception. Exactly. Yeah. I, and you know, it was, it was such a waste of time because all this time that if they could have thought well, it's such a waste of life too. I mean, yeah. like all those clones who've died over the years, all those men mm-hmm. and, and all those, all those Jedi too, who have like lost their lives. And it's like, I mean, the plan, the grand plan is in the end to wipe them out anyways. But like, you know, to think that all of this like effort on anybody's part, including like innocent people uh, having to just deal with a war in general going on around them, like it is such a crazy thing to to know that not only did the entire prequel trilogy happen along with three years of the Clone Wars and uh, and whatever, but it was also that one man could rule the galaxy as the emperor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And all that 
waste of time, waste of money, waste of lives, innocent lives, mind you, a lot of the times. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, it was all for his own personal gain. And, yeah, totally. You know, you, you know, see, like, you see that come into fruit like as soon as Revenge of the Sith like is is reaching its end, and yeah. he instructs Anakin to go to the Mustafar system and wipe out the Separatist leaders because mm-hmm. right off the bat he's like, "Kid, the Empire is formed. I don't need these guys anymore. Let's get rid yep. of them." Yep, totally. So, so it's just like boom, and Anakin goes there, wipes them all out, like every single one of them, and and. Uh, and and it's just it's it's so blatantly obvious. It's like man, like if that happened early on in the war, if some Jedi just went in and just wrecked havoc on like a separatist meeting or whatever, like yeah, the war would have been over a long time ago. But like it was orchestrated. The whole thing was orchestrated to be play out exactly how it played out. Right. And th- yeah, that's one of the craziest parts. Right. And and yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely right with that. I mean, it, but again goes against their code because like you said they could have totally found if if they had found out some way because obviously that's not information that they come across easily right they might find the plans to some you know attack on some innocent planet or how they're using a certain system to gain trade access or whatever something along those lines but i mean if they had just kind of said okay you know what let's just go there and let's just kill them all like let's just get rid of them the war would have been so it would have been such a different outcome because then that's a huge part of uh like the the war is practically everything for palpatine at this point if if the separatists are wiped out that early on i mean he's like uh okay what do i do you know dooku dooku and what the rest of his droids are gonna keep fleeing they're gonna get caught eventually right yeah they're gonna cross cross come into the crossfire at, at one point or another so but you know it's so it's so funny that like that's that's huge what you just said i think because like they they could have went about it in such a way and just said you know what forget this stupid code and this dumb religion let's just go and just let's just kill a couple of guys and call it done you know uh yeah, you yeah. Know, press the red button if you will and all the droids are shut down yeah exactly like like the amount of times that they've captured uh, over the course of the show like the amount of times that newt gunray was like captured Mm -hmm. and then he got away or or the amount of times that they had grievous in custody and and uh or like like that that one time and and they gave him up to save anakin Mm -hmm. and like there's been so many times where if they had just gone beyond the you know the morally correct decision to make whether it be because of a code or their own ethics or because a friend was involved and their life was at stake or whatever if they had just done the other decision the war would have been so much off the rails from palpatine's plan mm-hmm. and palpatine not only is he the inside guy but he knows that the jedi are incredibly predictable like the, he like he, he knows them like inside and out and not only that but he's the only guy out of anybody in the galaxy who is probably not a Jedi and knows exactly what the Jedi are actually doing mm-hmm. with like their own plans. It's very rare that the Jedi don't tell the, the Chancellor what's going on. Exactly. And this this becomes more apparent as the war goes on and they start to trust the Chancellor less and less. They start to realize that, okay, this guy doesn't need to know everything. Let's like we gotta we gotta start, you know playing it safe uh because uh, you know to quote mace windu the dark side of the force surrounds the chancellor mm-hmm. uh and uh you know like as as the show goes on we'll start to see a little more 
of of like the conspiracy and i know you talked about your interest in learning about like sifidius and all this other stuff and uh like we're we're definitely going to get that and i think like as soon as you see those arcs um you know you're you're almost it's almost it's almost a mind blown moment but at the same time like even though we know what happens uh at the same time it's still just like this colorful lens that gets put over everything and all of a sudden you see multicolor and it's like whoa like oh there's all these little intricate pieces that are all working towards one goal mm-hmm. and you know for 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 just watching the live action films you don't really like get the full spectrum and you can't really appreciate all these little things so that's why i love this show so much is like it just unlocks that vision yeah and you know all those missing pieces like yeah, I mean, we, we, we eventually know the outcome, but like the little pieces that are missing that it's, you know, it gets mentioned in the movie and, and that's it. Okay, Cypher Diaz, okay, cool. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and that's it, right? But those little missing details, like they're so crucial to the war. I mean, and, and exactly exactly that. From two to three before the show, I mean, that that's a big gap. It's, it's in war and then Order 66, okay, let's everyone just kind of man for themselves kind of thing. And then all the Jedi are, are, are the tar the new target. Right. And you know, this, it's just another, another moment that was like, this war was for nothing. Right. And, and it sucks. Cause the Jedi, you know, they, in the movie, they start to say, okay, they cannot be trusted. Right. And then they, you know, Anakin finds out about it. And then Mace, it, it's funny because Mace is like, are you sure? And then, and then, you know, he's, he, he, yeah, he almost can't believe it, but then, but then then he can as well because, because, because Anakin's like, absolutely. And then he's like, then our worst fears have been realized. You know, it's almost like he doesn't have enough like emotion about him, but, but it's like, it's like he, he, he doesn't want to believe it, but he knows he's getting told the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why he's confident enough to go in there. Lightsabers are blazing to arrest the guy because like if he didn't believe Anakin, he wouldn't, he would be, you know, he'd be like, okay, well let's make sure. And you know, like, right. Like, like he went in there with three other Jedi masters to arrest the chancellor. Like he wouldn't have done that if he didn't know for for a fact that the guy was probably a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I you mean, know what I mean? The most powerful one at that. Right. But, yeah, but, like, exactly. but, you know, but you know what? I think like that scene, like, if I could change, you know, there are a lot of things I'd like to change. If I had my, if I had my way, like I, I would, I would change like certain little things in the movies, but I wouldn't change the the overall yeah. aspect of them. But that scene in particular, uh, I would extend it. Like you know, Kit Fisto and 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 all the other guys. Like, come on, let let, let them live just a little bit longer. <laughs> like definitely, yeah. yeah. Like I would like to have seen a more uh, planned out fight scene for sure. Yeah. Like the, the fight, the fight that we got was pretty great, but yeah. but at the same time, like you can tell that it was almost just like hashed out so quickly to just get rid of those three guys so we could focus on, you know, Windu and Sidious. But in actual fact, I can imagine that battle going very differently if it was done in animation, uh, and they had the ability to, you know, have this way more crazy epic fight scene. Um, I can imagine if that scene was done in Clone Wars, it would have been significantly more, like, you know, epic. Yeah, I mean, I think I think his age 
doesn't really help him in that sense but i mean you know you see how he how he fights like he he's fighting as if he's in the original uh movies like he's not going super fast you know he's doing like stabs like this and he's just boom boom you know he's also got this really uh like i mean i know window is supposed to be one of the most powerful jedi in the order Mm -hmm. and his lightsaber uh mastery is supposed to be like top notch right oh yeah but but at the same time, like Sidious is uh, is like he's an older guy, but at the same time, like he holds up really well. Oh yeah, and uh, and I think sometimes I think did he lose that fight on purpose? I don't even know. Like like that's one of those things where it's like it's up to speculation. But um, like did he did he know that Anakin was on his way that he lost the fight on purpose because when you watch the film it's cut in a certain way that when Anakin en- enters the room he just sees oh, Mace like shove the lightsaber in, fa- in his face and you know uh-huh. and he doesn't he didn't see the whole fight and or the red lightsaber or any of that uh-huh. uh, so so like initially uh, it just looks pretty bad on Mace Windu's part you know That's and, a good and point yeah it's also it's also kind of Anakin's ignorance to not look down the hallway and freaking see like three Jedi deputies. <laughs> yeah. In the- but yeah, but totally. at the same time, it's like it's like he walks in and it it cuts right at the moment where he goes up to him and shoves that blade in his face, and it's like it's all the more additive to to Anakin's thoughts about how the Jedi are evil from his point of view. The Jedi are evil. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, the dude's not far off. Like, like, it, like, it's, um, it's not that crazy to believe that he can genuinely feel that way because, you know, out, out of all the things that we've seen in this show so far, and out of all the things that have to come, plus what we get to see in that movie from his point of view, I mean, the Jedi aren't looking so great. No, like they're 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 looking like pretty bad guys. Like, yeah, like hypocritic. Uh, hip- hypocritical and and uh, and uh, like a, a, a toxin in the galaxy, all this stuff. Yeah, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, then yeah. you are lost, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, that's that's pretty much all I got. But I mean, I, I I love where it's going, and it's just it's getting so good, man. So I'm I'm super excited to 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 see how this all ties off and you know connects with episode three but um you know as always guys thanks for tuning in as always and uh you know any comments questions or concerns please email or tweet us and you know thanks for listening and uh stay safe out there may the force be with you thanks diego for coming back on the show always great to have you and thanks to all you guys listening always a pleasure and uh, be sure to rate those rate those stars and uh you know send it to a friend whatever have you it's always great to get our listeners up and uh of course uh we got plenty more clone wars coming your way we also have uh well the show's over now so i mean it's gonna take us no time at all to get through the rest we got the rest of season five and two half seasons to get through seasons six and seven are both uh around 12 or 12 episodes each i believe but uh yeah we'll get through that in no time and uh just as a heads up like that stuff it's only half season because unfortunately disney canceled the show when they bought lucasfilm and it's a crying shame i was heartbroken when the news came out uh so i'm very thankful that we got a final season to actually finish the show in a real way um in the meantime uh, lucasfilm did adapt some of those unproduced scripts into other story material 
So uh, keep your eye out for a book called Dark Disciple. Pick that up if you get a chance. Or uh, the uh, the comic book uh, series, four, four issues long. Uh, or one single trade paperback called uh, Son of Dathomir. It's a Darth Maul comic. Those two are, uh, st- are Clone Wars episodes that were not produced or animated and uh, made its way into a book, thank goodness, because they are crucial stories to the show. And we'll do a special episode to honor all that material amongst these Clone Wars Talk episodes. Don't you worry about that. But that's all for the future. In the meantime, stay with us right here on Clone Wars Talk uh, with Star Wars Escape Pod. I'll see you guys next time. May the Force be with you.